Hello, I am Chris from the Geek Peak Podcast, and I am very excited to introduce my two friends here. Miles? Hello, I'm Miles from the Disc Dump Podcast and Toast of the Realms Podcast. And Josh. Hi, I'm Josh from the Four Nerds by Nerds Podcast. We are very, very excited to be doing a brand new podcast together. We are joining forces, and we are going to be reviewing horror movies. It is called High on Horror. It's going to be our podcast where we talk all about horror movies. We're going to review them, and we're even going to have some audience participation. I hope you guys are excited. The show will debut in September, so be on the lookout for that. In the meantime, you can follow us on social media. We are on Instagram, which is high underscore on underscore horror. You can also follow us on Twitter at high on horror. The O in on is a zero. And remember, life is tough. So why not take a break and get high on horror? Hey everybody, this is going to be a big episode because Bring Me the Horizon is slash was my favorite band of all time. We'll see how I feel about it by the end of this. Um, The first part of this episode is with the Cassette Connection podcast. Make sure you check them out wherever you get your fine podcast, the Cassette Connection. And the second part is with my friend Jared. Um, I recorded the one with the Cassette Connection way before I did with Jared. And my, uh, my opinions changed and evolved a little bit between the two of them. So if I get a little contradictory... Uh, It's because I've grown as a human over the course of several months, and both of these episodes are cursed. Like, it took, it's ridiculous how many technical issues I had with them. Some of them just straight up disappeared. It was a whole thing. I had to, like, recover files. It was a wild experience. So, without further ado, check out part one of this two-part episode. Hello and welcome to the Disc Dump Podcast. I'm your host, Miles Trout, and this is the show where we watch movies, play games, or listen to music in an effort to decide, are we going to keep the disc or are we going to dump it? This episode has been a long time in the making. I'm finally joined by Cassette Connection, Ben and Alex. How are you guys doing? Very well, thank you. Yes, thank you for coming on. I'm very excited. Uh, The time difference has been a little challenging, but I think we worked (laughs) it out. Um, So today we are going to be talking about Bring Me the Horizon. Alrighty, fellas. Um, So whichever one of you wants to start first, what did your lives look like when Bring Me the Horizon was in some way influential on your life? (laughs) Uh, That is a great starting question. I think maybe, Alex, you should go first because you were probably... Yeah, the so the metal the metal born dude. Ben, yeah, uh, Ben and I both came out of like the hardcore punk scene. Yeah, so you know we were always going to shows. Um, Australia at the time still does had like a very good hardcore scene. Like both places where we lived. Um, I'd say at that time that was like peak peak, peak, like peak hardcore performance. And um, yeah, so I guess when I first got into Bring Me the Horizon, I. I was still been in high school. Um, yeah. 
yeah and the the first the first time i heard um the first thing i heard from them was um count your blessings yeah yeah and uh i absolutely loved it uh and i still do kind of like it and i was listening to you know like parkway drive were really big at the time yeah 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 oh, yeah. So, yeah yeah so um it was just that for me anyway they were just an, another band i was into mm. at the time just among other hardcore bands i guess yeah i was later into hardcore in high school um and metal uh and it took a bit of convincing i think um from my <laughs> friends at the time because we were playing I mean, Alex didn't mention, but he also played in hardcore bands. And I don't know when that started for you, Alex. That would have been in high school as well, right? Late uh, high school. Yes, late high school. Yeah. Uh, sort of just after I finished, yeah. Yeah. yeah so but you were playing more like punk stuff. More, more punk yeah. stuff, yeah. Not, not, not kind of metal. Not maybe. the metal stuff, yeah. yeah but um, for me, it was like in high school, maybe like a year nine, year 10 kind of thing. And we were playing in rock bands and yeah like my friends in the bands the guitarists they were you know trying to force me closer and closer into the metal world and i think around that time it would have been um when suicide season came out actually for me that would have been my first bring me the horizon soiree i guess (laughs) yeah and from there um i don't know i think i i didn't really keep up with the band honestly i think they were more on the kind of screamo side where yeah like alex said we were listening to like parkway in Barrier australia dead. parkway um barrier dead prom queen um and then later was like um what's that band that i'm blanking on ghost inside, ghost inside yeah fallen dreams yeah that kind of stuff so like bring me the horizon they kind of fit the stuff uh we were listening to but also not you know mm. like that's how I would put it. Yeah, but yeah. they also kind of hit like the ma- the middle ground for everyone. Yeah, I think. Totally, yeah. Totally. yeah, yeah. How about you, Miles? When did when did they enter your life? Um, well, let's see here. They entered my life because my very first girlfriend and I broke up, and I went on a hunt for the angriest song I could find, and <laughs> I landed on "Chelsea Smile" by "Bring oh. Me the Horizon." Yeah, fucking solid song. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I hope swearing doesn't offend you guys. I swear all the time. No, not at all. Good. Um, so yeah, Suicide Season was like my introduction. And then later I found Count Your Blessings and I was like, whoa, <laughs> these guys are serious. Because <laughs> I was in high school too, I believe. And um, then like a couple of years went by and I was like, okay, that was a cool band or whatever. I wonder what they're doing these days. And it was right when There's a Hell came out. And I was like, whoa, okay, these guys are perhaps my favorite band now. And that continued for a while until some other stuff changed. And now they're a little less my favorite band. (laughs) But um, how do you guys feel about when like an artist progresses out of a genre and into a new one? Because I'm like, I hate to admit it, but I'm one of those people who gets mad that it's like, well, why aren't you your old sound anymore? How do you guys (laughs) feel about that? Yeah. Let's start with this one bit. Yeah, well, I think like Bring Me are like probably the most extreme example of that, right? Yeah, I would say they're a really good case study for, you know, starting at point A, yeah, and, genre A, if you will. And ending at Z. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> They've done, their evolution has been... It's been wild, wild. yeah. Um, it's like Counting Blessings is like a, a straight up like straight up metal deathcore death band. Yeah. Um, and then... Now yeah, they're basically a pop band. They're just a pop band now, yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. they go on tour with Baby Metal, which mm-hmm. is really cool, I think. But like, yeah. 
the music for me is not the most uh, catchy at the moment. Um, but I mean, it has its merits. And, and I mean, just before we started this interview, we were watching um, an interview with um, Ollie Sykes um, and that like, literally they just kept going over the interviewer was from triple J, which is a radio station in Australia. Um, and they just kept going over like, Oh, how do you guys feel about people saying you guys changed <laughs> and all this kind of stuff? Um, and you know, they had the, the classic answer of being like, well, if, you know, people will like it eventually and that kind of thing. But yeah, I don't know. They, they are really the extreme version yeah. of going from a, a like an extreme version of deathcore to now like being a, a pop band like um doing songs with young blood yeah. and <laughs> like having background dances and yeah. stuff like yeah so yeah. I, I think i think for me personally you know someone who's played a little bit of music i can understand um the the band as musicians wanting to grow and evolve but like the metalhead the hardcore kid me is just <laughs> like yeah, I'm not into that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like the old thing with the horizon. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I can appreciate what they're doing and how they've gone about it. And also, yeah, it's a very interesting journey, I think. Yeah. And I think um, kind of what we uh, were originally talking to you about, Miles, about talking about Sepaternal um, specifically, mm-hmm. uh, that was, that's, for me and Alex, it seems like it's kind of like the midway point where the departure kind of happened. Yeah, I would say it, uh, San Paternal is, is sort of like, like Ben said, like right in the middle. Mm. Um, it's kind of where it's still metal enough that I would say it's like a like a metal album. But yeah, you can definitely. It's where they fully nailed, you know, the the fusion with like the pop stuff and the ambient kind of stuff. Yeah, is where it like probably worked the best. Putting in the electronics putting mm-hmm. in like yeah. more catchy choruses yeah. and being like chorus driven, everything like that. Yeah. They started doing it a bit on there is a hell. I yeah. Think, yeah. It, it, was it never ends. It didn't, didn't sort of jam. Yeah. Yeah. And feel free to like jump in and tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're definitely not wrong because Sempaternal was uh, every, every album this band came out, like defined a period of my life. And mm. Sempaternal was like my early twenties album. Like this is who like I'm becoming a man. I'm learning who I am. And like Sempaternal just was always around. And I was just trying to sell everybody on it. I'm like, listen, I know you don't like their old stuff, but this is like the perfect fusion between music you will like and music that I like. And I, I feel like I did sell a lot of people on it because it, it absolutely does like bridge the gap between horrific pop music and pretty solid screamo. So yeah, the, the thrash music is really where I came in, but Sempaternal is like, like where's a, there's a hell like grabbed me, but Sempaternal is where I was like, okay, this is my favorite band for sure. And uh, their, their first song on that album, Can You Feel My Heart is by far their most popular song now apparently so like (laughs) it was it read that single song i feel like redefined them as a band Mm. yeah it's weird the um can you feel my heart thing has that had like a like a rebirth via tiktok or something like yeah yeah. there was a uh like not that long ago a remix came out yeah it came out it was like very very poppy (laughs) it was weird (laughs) 
the same release. I don't know if you've heard it, but yeah, we just found that very interesting. We were seeing it one day and be like, what? <laughs> so like when they got signed to the new record label, I think it's Columbia, right? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, when they got signed to Columbia, it's like all of their thrash music just died. They mm. executed it and they uh, they dropped That's the Spirit or whatever. But then after that, they had a live album and uh, that was like a Kickstarter thing. And my name is actually on that album, which is pretty cool because I backed it for Kickstarter. And oh. the the only song that they keep from their old discography is Can You Feel My Heart? Yeah, oh, weird. Yeah, so they still play that one, but that is it. <laughs> I find that deeply frustrating. <laughs> uh, absolutely. And yeah. It's an interesting point uh, as well because I know the band has been pretty vocal about, you know, their older stuff, Candy Blessings in particular, saying, you know, we're never going to make an album like that again. And they've, it's almost as if it's like not even counted as part of their music anymore. Like it's not on their Spotify. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, apparently now, like everything up to Sip Eternal is not counted on that yeah, side yeah, of the mm-hmm. like as part of the live show as well. So, which says a lot, I guess. Very interesting. Mm. But oddly enough, like the death of their signature sound is the best thing that happened to this band because they're huge now. And I don't oh, yeah. understand why, but like <laughs> Forrest Whitaker is in their music videos and shit. <laughs> like an absolute institution. Yeah. And they, and it's interesting that that is still the case because even when they were like a metal band, they were the were, biggest they were, metal band. They were, they were yeah. Huge, yeah. They were the biggest metal band in the world. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, at the time, especially when I reckon when Suicide Season came out, yeah, because everyone had something to say about it. Yeah, exactly. Whether you were like a young chick, like fangirling, yeah, over all of the sykes, or you know, you love Chuck and a Mosh. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, but like half, it was like so. At that time, it was so divisive. I, I reckon, especially in Australia as well, like half the scene was just like, nah, never bring me the horizon. <laughs> yeah, 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 and then yeah, the yeah, other half was, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The other half was like, yes. Oh man, like I love their like bass drops and shit where they're just like, oh, <laughs> I fucking love that shit so much. But yeah. like Suicide Season is such a sad album if you like look at the lyrics. How it's all about obviously suicide and just like falling apart as a human because of loss. And oh my gosh, like when you're a teenager, even if you've never experienced loss, it's just like you get goosebumps here in the the real passion that he put into his music. And now, like, especially with ammo or AMO, I don't know how you're supposed to say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's no soul in that album at all. Mm. So that's, it's quite the contrast from where they were to where they are now. Yeah. I can't say I've, I haven't listened to the new album. No. I've listened to that Luden song, yeah. but that was mainly because it was on, um, it was in that Death Stranding video game. Mm. And I played that, which is actually pretty funny because um, uh, Shadow Moses, the song um, Shadow Moses from Sep Eternal is a ref- obviously a reference to Metal Gear Solid. Um, mm. And Kojima is the creator of Metal Gear Solid and the creator of um, Death Stranding. It says come full circle, yeah. dude. <laughs> interesting. I didn't know that. That's very yeah. interesting. Hmm. Man, that song is fucking killer. <laughs> Shadow oh, Moses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When that music video dropped, I was like, 
I had no idea what I was in for when that shit came out. <laughs> like the, I don't know if you've ever seen it where they have like shaky cam for the whole thing. Yeah, it is that, like, yeah. So At, completes that it. Blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind in my teenage years yeah. or whatever, like the high, end of high school. I was just like, oh, what the hell is this? Yeah. It's, it, oh my God. I, I love this band so much. Like so deeply, this band was influential on my life. And then just like, columbia records just ripped up all the love letters they sent me and chucked them in the trash <laughs> yeah it, it like really it super upset me that they went pop but after i listened to their whole discography in the past 48 hours and like amo or ammo i don't know how you're supposed to say it that one is by far the worst they have a mumble rap song on there that shit is terrible yeah. <laughs> but they have a post-human survival horror which is their covid album came out recently and there are some like top 40 sounding songs in it but they got their edge back like they're back to being pissed off and <laughs> that makes me happy you know <laughs> I haven't heard that. I haven't heard it. Have uh, you? Yeah, like, yeah. Didn't it, even see it come out. It, it was funny. Um, like, I hadn't really thought about or listened to the band for like a, quite a long time. Yeah. Until, uh, we sort of came around to doing this interview. When Ben sort of mentioned it to me, I started like really thinking about it. And then, yeah, I, I actually really started listening to like digging Kanye in. Again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Kanye Blessings. It's funny because of, I just mentioned this earlier to Alex of how bad Count Your Blessings sounded, yeah. like as a recorded piece of music. It's like it's, it's, you know, it's good music, whatever. It's it's like, clearly it's good death core, yeah. but like off. Just so the jump up. Value. Yeah, production in, in terms of production. It's like weird how big they became off of that yeah. album. But uh, that was very 2006. I yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Time, yeah. Just to have it just like really raw. Yeah. dodgy i'd say not raw <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Dodgy's a <laughs> i mean yeah like truth be told i was hugely not a fan of count your blessings at first because yeah. it, it just sounded like noise but then like when you really listen to the structure of the music and the the passion obviously the the pure rage that boils out of that album like you start to get into it and then that song braille for stevie wonder's eyes only that one <laughs> oh man that's one of my favorite songs ever like it's i played a lot of call of duty nazi zombies back in the day and that song would just be on repeat as i'm blasting zombies heads off and shit so you said that you kind of fell off at, was it after sempaternal that you guys kind of fell off uh, yeah, I, I would say, yeah. So I, I, uh, listened to Can Your Blessings a lot, Suicide Season a bit. And then I didn't really listen to, uh, There's, There's a, a Hell. hell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I sort of like at, at first didn't even really give Sam Paternal, um, like an actual chance, an hey? actual chance yeah. because yeah, I was still listening to like a lot of more your traditional metal yeah yeah at the time you were big into i was um, big into like like four fallen dreams yeah like, like north lane were huge at that time i was like really yeah that kind of stuff yeah someone told me it was bad and i like didn't really uh give it a listen like at first and then i remember like listening to it you know you, you hear like that synth intro into like can you feel my heart yeah and i was just like oh <laughs> sort, of, sort of skip through the For album your, and I was just your like, purest metal ears pure, yeah yeah, latest. yeah. And just like nah, nah 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 and then i think the only song i sort of um like vibed on a little bit was antivist 
And then even then, that's that the worst level, song, like, dude. No. It's the worst song on the album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do it. But it's the worst song, but it's the heaviest song. Yes, it yeah. is. It is. Yeah. That's so, true. Uh, yeah. And then it wasn't until maybe a couple of years ago that I sort of, you know, yeah, a heard older, it again. Not much wiser, but I came back to the album. <laughs> and then I, I, yeah, a bit more open minded, not as much up myself as I was before. Yeah. And gave it like a proper listen. I was like, oh, this is actually like, I, I understand like the beauty of it now. Like I, I see it as kind of like the masterpiece. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. Like in, in the context of the band, yeah, it it's, yeah. Like I, like we were saying uh, earlier, it's like right in the middle, like right in the sweet spot. And it's actually uh, like a really good album. Yeah. It's, it's a really good album. I'd say, I think I'd only really heard the singles um, leading up and then when Shadow Moses came out and Sleepwalking as well mm. um, those were the two big singles that I heard mm-hmm. off the album and I think that was really you know the full extent at the time it came out that I was actually listening to the music like I was only really listening to the singles and the singles were great like that was a really good representation of the album as a whole mm-hmm. because like sleepwalking is like this kind of anthemic thing um you know big choruses you know big heavy bits and then um shadow moses was was more on the metal side i think Mm -hmm. and it yeah would just kind of and then much like alex came back to it later and it was a big nostalgia trip as well because you know in australia there's a lot of road to drive when you're driving from anywhere to anywhere else mm-hmm. um, and you've got hours in the car and you know, your friend goes, Hey dude, let's listen to some bring me the horizon and throws on shadow Moses. And you're like, Holy shit. This is actually like a fucking good song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just lands yeah. so perfectly. I, I fucking love that song so much. I was, <laughs> I was very upset that sleepwalking, like sleepwalking was the moment I knew I was like, this might be the end like this is the transition they're gonna be like seether or like three days grace or something yeah (laughs) so like that was that was a little upsetting to me i was like they're gonna be on the radio i guarantee it and i'm pretty sure i heard sleepwalking on the radio and i was like oh no but (laughs) that was by far my least favorite song on that album was sleepwalking but at the same time, when this album came out, Vine was a big thing. You guys were pretty yeah, into Vine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, I definitely thought I was going to be the next big Vine star because I was stupid. And uh, <laughs> they, uh, I definitely had entire, like, series of Vines talking about how pissed off I was that Sleepwalking was one of their songs. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was, uh, was kind of how I felt about Sleepwalking. But at the same time, Sempaternal was one of is it remains one of my favorite songs ever but it's it's definitely not it's it's no there is a hell which seems like you guys aren't super into that album but i was super into it no Uh, it never ends is a great song so Mm -hmm. i will i will pay it that (laughs) (laughs) 
funny story about that song. So I was having like heart palpitations and I was like, I don't understand why. It turns out it was just stress. But my doctor was like, if you're really that concerned about it, I can give you a pill that will slow down your heart for a little bit. And maybe <laughs> that'll make it stop. I was like, let's give it a shot. So my my heart slowed to a crawl. <laughs> so my uh, I was, I would say, borderline hallucinating. And uh, then I would I listen to this song and I really like felt like I was in that music video where they're all like hanging but flying through yeah (laughs) so like i was watching that music video as my heart slowed to a near stop and uh yeah i don't know that it was just a really profound memory for me it felt like i was on drugs and i guess in a way i was but uh yeah so that's what i think about when i think of the song it never ends is hallucinating (laughs) and nearly dying so (laughs) visceral emotional reaction yeah (laughs) true enough Um, Okay, so this seems like it's probably a pretty good point for us to take a brief commercial break, and we will be right back. Have you ever found yourself confused about the current state of the MCU or whatever the hell is happening with the DC Universe? Do you often have no idea what the hell the difference is between craft beer and that butt ice stuff at the gas station? Well, then look no further. We present to you Hops Geek News. We're yet another geek and beer podcast in an already oversaturated market. All right, all right. We drink and we pretend we know things. More often than not, we don't really know things, but we do talk some really great topics and we most definitely can drink. We'll deliver you news and then dive into any random topic you might have never knew you actually were passionate about with lots of fun facts about beer and from marvel to dc and star wars and to why die hard is most definitely a christmas movie which it is basically anything that our spouses are sick of hearing us talk about join us on youtube or anywhere you listen to podcasts new episodes weekly just search hops news Looking for a new podcast? Check out the Infectious Groove podcast. My name is Russ, and I host the show along with Michelle and Kyle. Every Monday, the three of us bring you music news and tell you our jammy jams, so you'll always have new music to check out. The Infectious Groove podcast discusses music from nearly every decade and genre while openly displaying our passion for music you need to hear. On top of that, we have a thought-provoking main topic of discussion every week to get you thinking, discussing, and sharing music. We also include interviews with the music stars of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms. Subscribe and listen to the Infectious Groove podcast on your favorite podcast platform today. So, uh, we are going to, we're talking about Sempaternal specifically. So, um, is, if you guys were to have all of these CDs and like physical copies of each one of these CDs, are there any that you would keep? Would you chuck all of them? Would you chuck none of them? What you, what would you guys do? Oft. I mean, I'm a, I'm a CD guy. Yeah. Uh, we're all CD guys, right? Like we all grew up during the CD era. What do you think, Alex? 
all the albums. All of the Bring Me the Horizon albums. You keep um, Count Your Blessing. I would definitely keep Count Your Blessing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for me, Bring Me the Horizon. So the albums I would keep, I would say Count Your Blessings, Suicide Season, and Sepaternal. Like, that's yeah. 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 That's when I think of Bring Me the Horizon, like those three albums are what I think of when I think of the band. The defining, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. I mean, like, it's going to be different for everyone because, you know, music is so subjective. But to me, that's what make the band yeah. the band. Yeah. yeah. And But at the same time, subjectivity aside, like it's a band that has made albums and therefore has a sound that represents them, right? So those three, as you said, are probably like the most defining of them, of the sound that they have created over the years. Very true. Mm. Until some Zoomer comes along and tells you something I'm wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Which they might. They might. They they might go, hey, no. AMO is their defining album. Yeah. Yeah. I would say keep Sepaternal for sure. Yeah. Um, You'd you'd, uh, throw Count Your Blessings. No, I I wouldn't throw it. It's hard. Like, you know, Personally, I have a, a small love for CDs, even though they're, you know, a hilarious format to begin <laughs> with. Um, but I think they hold tremendous value. And yeah, I'd say Sepaternal is one to keep. Yeah, for sure. Well, we're going through them. I would just say keep them all, but that's just because I'm a hoarder. <laughs> <laughs> and if you really had to ditch some, yeah, maybe Count Your Blessings. Actually, no, maybe Suicide Season. Suicide Season is, it had a place in time for me, at mm. least like the, the year that I was into that that album, there was a torrential snowstorm here that was like four feet high. So I just like spent nonstop days shoveling snow and it was horrible. So I'm just like, Count Your Blessings and throwing snow. <laughs> and so like there was, there was all that. And Suicide Season definitely had its moments for that but at the same time like i'm not under physical anguish as often i guess <laughs> <laughs> so like I, i'm not sure i would necessarily keep suicide season i would the come down is my favorite bring me the horizon song period though and that's the first song on suicide season mm. so maybe i wouldn't get rid of it now i'm thinking about it hmm but if I could get them all on vinyl, I would have them all on vinyl because I feel like that medium would be worth keeping. But oh, having yeah. scratched up old ass CDs, I'm not 100% <laughs> positive. Did you guys ever listen to their EP album that they called Roar? No, no. Oh, I feel like I remember that. It's, Is that one of those situations? Hardcore has this funny tendency of having these weird like obscure EPs that never made it online or like they were only shared via Mediafire and those like weird peer-to-peer sharing sites. Is it one of those? I've definitely heard of it, but yeah, I can't say I've ever. I think it might have been that kind of deal, but yeah. when Sempaternal came out, I like I went on their website and I was like, I must own all of their CDs. And I found uh, that and I was like, hmm. So I got it in an actual like jewel case with like mm. pictures and lyrics and all that, but it is a hundred percent unlistenable. It is so <laughs> hardcore that like it, it feels like somebody's fingernails are getting pulled off and you have to watch it. Like <laughs> terrible, terrible <laughs> album. Um, is it how long is it? Is it like five tracks or something? 
Yeah, it's like five tracks, and I think there might be the cover of the Slipknot song Eyeless on there, which was could have been better. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been like back in the MySpace days. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, mm-hmm. it seems like it was one of those things where it was like, yeah, media. You had to have the media file link. Yeah. Or you had to go. Yeah. You, you had to Google, Google yeah. bring me the Horizon raw media <laughs> fire or media share or whatever. And then you download it to your computer along with some some spyware or something. Yeah. <laughs> some LimeWire stuff back in the day. Yeah. Um, so you guys haven't super explored the back half of their discography then, I'm assuming. Uh, you would assume correctly. You would assume yeah. correctly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Were you guys into well, obviously not into it, but did did you did you with any kind of regularity listen to the That's the Spirit album or not so much? No. Nah, nah, no, I can't okay. say I've heard it. Yeah, I'm not super into it myself. So, but that like people who didn't know Bring Me the Horizon before were like, who is this new band? Like they they had songs on the radio, but they were mm-hmm. harder than anything that was on the radio at the time, yep. which it was not a difficult accolade to achieve. Uh, but like they have a song <laughs> called Happy Song that's that's all right, that's not bad. But when that album came out, I read an interview where they were talking to somebody and they're like, your new sound, where did this come from? And they said that Columbia Records was like, hey, we need a new Linkin Park. Do you guys want to be the new Linkin Park? And they said, that's <laughs> all we've ever wanted is to sound like Linkin Park. And I'm just like, why don't you want to sound like yourselves? Why did you, Why do you need to like meet another band's label and sound? Why like They signed you for you. Why do you need to transform into something completely different do you guys think Mm. that's unfair of me to think that way no i wouldn't say unfair um it's i so being a musician and and playing and recording and writing and you know putting music out there into the world half of it is yes it's my own kind of form of expression and i make music for you know as a, as a piece of art, but at the same time, it's a medium in which people have to listen to it, right? Like it's not devoid of an audience. It doesn't just go into the void and cease to exist. So yeah, I, you know, you have to kind of consider your audience's um, feelings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I would agree with that. But also I, I think in the context of when you're talking bands and record companies and record deals yeah um it makes a lot of sense um for for a record company to you know want to milk a band make us money you know what i mean yeah Mm -hmm. and uh, i can totally understand you know how they could be put in that position yeah yeah and it's not like we said before it's not like they didn't have a following like bring me the horizon has a huge following like they're a world famous band Mm. they've been on tour you know South America, North America, Australia. Like, yeah, I mean, they come to Australia and do sold out, I'd say, what, like large venue shows, like Horton yeah. Pavilion, all yeah. those kind of places in Sydney that are huge venues playing with, oh, they must have done a prom queen tour or something, or like a Parkway Drive tour. Yeah, sure. I can almost say we said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, they were playing with the biggest band. They play with the biggest bands wherever they go and are doing, you know, international headliners. It's not like they don't have an audience. They have people that will go out and buy their records. But to completely change everything about the music um, based on, I don't know, 
based on what? I can't, I can't think of why they would do it. Yeah. Like maybe they just, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, maybe they just got bored of doing hard rock and now they want to do medium rock. Yeah, he was saying that he got tired of just screaming all the time because he apparently, when uh, Count Your Blessings came out, he actually ripped his vocal cords and he like couldn't sing for like a year. So he, I think that haunted him until he was at the point where he's like, I'm okay with being Linkin Park. I don't have to rip my vocal cords anymore. I'm okay with that. <laughs> so yeah, like, but they're, uh, they're the AMO, AMO CD, they literally have a music video where my favorite actor for a long time was Forrest Whitaker and my favorite band was Bring Me the Horizon. They came together. It should have been something that made me happy, but it wasn't because I was like, <laughs> why couldn't he come on when they were them? Why does he have to be like such, oh, so upsetting. Mm. Um, a lot of their later music now sounds a bit like it belongs on DDR. Did you guys have DDR back in the yes. day? Dance Dance Revolution? Dance Revolution, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. so it's it's if some of their music belongs on those games it's not the right <laughs> not, <laughs> not hitting right but you guys were mentioning baby metal earlier um that band as far as i know was never big over here like nobody i know knows who baby metal is was that a big oh. band over there really baby metal Ben's, no, Ben's so, probably better to talk about yeah so do you know anything about baby metal i know i don't like the song they do with bring me the horizon like that song is, <laughs> that song yeah. is so good until they bring an infant in to sing and yeah. sing k-pop music in the middle of this metal song and it makes me very upset <laughs> so that's what that's baby metal shtick right is it's a japanese um metal band well band i mean it's a it's a essentially they take like the idea of what like a j-pop or a k-pop idol is and throw it in a metal mix um Hmm. so they have like you know they do like a little choreographed dance and they sing the songs but they're metal songs and i think it's really kitchen cute and like super quirky and it has a very like the metal part like the music it's this is straight up metal it's It's just like you know evanescence Mm -hmm. basically that kind of like operatic kind of anthemic uh you know more commercially aligned metal but the i mean the guitar works great the drums are great like (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i think one thing that i love about japanese and korean music is the kind of attention they have to the bass guitar they put a lot of attention on the sound and the performance of the bass guitar and that all really shines through i think in baby metal but i just think it's hilarious that baby metal is this kind of manufactured basically a j-pop band in a metal format that does like arena shows um, and then Bring Me the Horizon comes along and is like, oh my God, man, I think that's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like, it, that song felt like it was a prank. I was like, oh shit, my boys are back. This is getting good. Fuck yeah. They're like growling and stuff. I'm like, oh my God, they're back. And then there's this a, chi- a tiny child's voice comes ringing through <laughs> And I'm just like, no. <laughs> so that's I haven't really- actually heard the song. I just know that they went on tour with them. Um, Yeah, because there's a few, like, Baby Metal played at, like, Glastonbury Festival and stuff like that. 
it's like the the highlight of their new album because they have like a prelude that builds into it and stuff. Oh, it's yeah. called Kingslayer, and like the song begins awesome it's so high energy and you're like bouncing up and down while you're driving your car like yeah and then everything changes and i'm trying so hard to get into the 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 baby metal (laughs) part of it because i like the song overall but yeah oofa doofa they do the chorus and it's a little (laughs) on the rough side but (laughs) you uh you also mentioned evanescence the last song on the newest album the COVID album has amy lee from uh from that band Oh yeah. shit! <laughs> Where the hell has she been? So, yeah, I, I was right like, question. I was a little, uh, I was overwhelmed. I was like, holy shit! Like she has one of the best voices in the industry, and now she's singing along with this dude who I don't think can sing without auto tune. So I thought that was a little, <laughs> little wild too. Um, so like, they're the the anger and feeling in their latest album from the every song is about COVID. So like they are, they they're back in some way. They, they are back to being angry. So I guess that's really the most I can ask for since they like refuse to go back to where they were. So, (laughs) um, so is there anything else you guys want to bring up about this band that we didn't really cover? Any final thoughts, Alex, on bring me the horizon? Um, no, I mean, we've kind of, we've kind of covered everything. Um, How do you, where do you see them in the metal landscape? At the moment? Currently. No, just kind of in general in your life. Because for me, like, I don't, I'm not uh, the biggest metal guy anymore. Yeah. Um, but you, you, you tend to live in that world a bit more than I do. Uh, so, okay, I can, I can speak for someone of my vintage. Yeah. Um, I would say that they, They've they've come and they've gone. They definitely had um, their place. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They were like at once like a band like revered. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember like the like I said the first time I heard Count Your Blessings. Like it was like people were like, dude, have you heard this? Like, yeah, go on, check this out. And like when you know seventeen, eighteen year old like listening to that, you're just like, what the fuck? Fucking <laughs> 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 sick. Um, and then, yeah, they were like influential in that sense because, you know, like so many bands like, oh, you know, you hear that and it's like, fuck, we got, I want to start playing music like this, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it's like similar um, thing with Suicide Season. Like it definitely had its place in time, but, you know, it's been and gone. And then I feel like unless you're old like me, it's, yeah. The nostalgia factor doesn't the, hit the, the same. The factor is definitely there. Yeah. And, um, you know, you can talk about, that's that's what those albums are it's like it was a snapshot of the band at that time at that time yeah yeah i'd say the same yeah canyon blessings not so much for me suicides i definitely the thing i remember about bringing the horizon is them being so divisive in especially in the canberra um hardcore scene because the Canberra hardcore scene i don't want to shit on it too hard but there was a lot of like you know elitism <laughs> like, yeah. and a lot of just like oh that's not obscure enough like what you know bring me the horizons kind of like the mainstream metal thing you know you're not listening to some obscure metal record but yeah no i remember a lot of it just being very divisive yeah um and i think that time for me was the metal stream but then also like the indie rock thing was happening at the same time. And that's when I was in high school was like, everyone was into like two door cinema club and Phoenix and stuff like that. And we were being there being like, no dude, you have to listen to like 
screamo and bring me the horizon and stuff like that. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. like I, so I grew up uh, a bit closer to Sydney, and I, I I could I can say that like there were there was a time where there were like an institution. Yeah, scene. yeah, I, yeah. I know I know exactly what you mean. Like, yeah, institution. Like, yeah, it yeah, was, was it was it different. was prom queen Parkway. Bring me the horizon and like Carpathian and Very Dead, yeah, like another massive Australian hardcore band. Um, yeah, they were just part of that that world. Yeah, that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, sorry, we might be naming bands that like literally no one in America knows. <laughs> uh, a lot of them I don't know, but Parkway Drive is huge. Parkway, here you too. would know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Parkway, you, 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 we would hope. Yeah, that because yeah, they they're constantly constantly. Yeah, and they're they're like. They're, they're another band you could talk about how they've gone through their evolution and stuff. Oh yeah, they're kind of on the same trajectory. Same, same trajectory. Probably not quite as extreme into the the realm of pop and stuff. No, definitely yeah. mellowed out. Mellowed yeah, out. yeah, yeah. And uh, interesting that Prom Queen was around the same time because they sh- Prom Queen. Um, I killed the Prom Queen. It's an Australian band kind of a semi-notorious Australian band. I mean, depending on who you talk about in the band, but um, Prom Queen and Bring Me the Horizon shared uh, members. Yeah. So, mm. so Jura, uh, is it Jura? No, Jordan, uh, Jonah. Jonah, sorry. Jonah um, played guitar. Jonah in, Weinhoff. Yeah, in, played guitar in both yeah, um, yeah. Prom Queen and, well, like the original Prom Queen lineup yeah. and um, was he, like a filling guitarist. Playing, um, Bring me the horizon um, for um, yeah. yeah, yeah, interesting. And, um, so, well, that's probably another thing we can touch on, actually, Ben. Um, you know, there was a when when we were talking about you know Sepaternal being like the the middle, the halfway Sepaternal. point, yeah. So he'd been beefing like Jonah. He left the band before he, that he, album. He, he yeah. left the band. He was like he was basically kicked out of the band. Um, you know, he'd posted on Tumblr, I think, back in the day, <laughs> just about, you know, how like he was having disagreements and arguing with people in the band. He, re- he refused to say who. And then like the, I think Ollie, Ollie Sykes or Bring Me The Horizon put out on Twitter, like Bring Me The Horizon is like Oliver Sykes, Lee Malia, Matthew Kane, Matthew Nichols and Jordan Fish and Jonah Weinhoff and is like no longer in the band. <laughs> and then that's when they, that's when they announced um, Jordan Fish is like, in the band now, the, the new guitarist, yeah, full time keyboard player instead of like another guitarist. Mm. So, uh, and I definitely think you see you hear that a lot in Sepaternal, like full time keys, and that's you know really changed the the sound. Oh yeah, 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 yeah for sure. And, and that's the way it goes, you know, when you have different members in bands, about the the band's got to sound different nine times out of ten. Yeah, Jonah's going to come in and play some prom queen esque yeah. riffs. Yeah, mm. exactly. mm. and then he came back to Australia and revived. Queen. yeah crafter god rest his soul yeah. I've definitely heard of i killed the prom queen i don't know i feel yeah, like they were on man. like a compilation cd or something that i had because yeah. i'm not super they, familiar they would be they were, they were massive in australia um, yeah they, they, were, they sort of they were kind of like the sister band sister of parkway. parkway yeah and parkway drive <laughs> like made it really big but prom queen never really took off not internationally yeah. maybe in europe a little maybe bit europe yeah little bit, but yeah do you guys have uh august burns red down there oh yeah oh, oh yeah so uh, that's <laughs> another band that was going around at the time um what was that at what was that at mess was it messengers messengers was like, mm-hmm. yeah that time constellations yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that that album too 
But I remember, yeah, it would have been like around the same time I was listening to that yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. I remember the first time I ever heard Composure. Yep. Like that would have been around like that metal time. That blew my mind the first time. Yeah. I I was like, oh my God, dude. Did you hear that breakdown? So technical, technical, dude. (laughs) Those guys are freaking amazing. They actually, they started and currently live about 20 minutes from my house. So like there are, there are local, like big name. And uh, they, they apparently went on tour with Bring Me the Horizon quite a bit. And I have, uh, they have um, one of somebody that, Learn. Oh man, this is a hard thing to explain. One of my friends takes drum lessons from the drummer of August Burns Red, and oh, nice. Matt, 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 Matt Rain. Uh, I think so, something like that. And he, uh, I'm bad with names. I was about to say Matt Groening, but that's Matt the creator. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matt Rainer. Matt Rainer. He's, uh, yeah, he's very religious, from what I understand. But uh, I would, I talked to them. I did an episode about August Burns Red a uh, couple months ago. And mm-hmm. I talked to them and they're like, sure, you can use our music for your podcast. That's fine. I was like, really? oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's <was> fucking awesome. <laughs> they, so. they seem like, yeah, no, no, no that's cool. Like, cause it, they, to us, they've had, I don't know, I would say like great band. Like I really enjoy their music, but uh, in the, in the circles that I've sort of been in, they always had like the, the stigma of being like a religious band. Like yeah. Just undertones. Yeah. And it, like, it never bothered me. I thought they were a cool band, but um yeah, I, I forget the point I was trying to make. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they're good. They're really good, man. Yeah. yeah. So um, we've kind of established what albums we would and would not keep. Um, I have a physical copy of Ammo, Ammo, or whatever. I, I'm just going to say both. Uh, I have a physical copy of that, and I'm pretty sure if I haven't yet, I've thrown it out a window of a moving car. So <laughs> that one's definitely going to get the dump. But uh, yep. as far as the other one, maybe Raw too. I really don't need to own that horrible piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, Count Your Blessings, Suicide Season there's a hell and sempaternal are all in my keeper pile i might even keep that's the spirit but probably not i think that one doesn't make it either because I, I certainly don't put it on and go this is my jam so but all the ones before that especially sempaternal get kept and i think that's going to be how it is um nice. so let's talk about your show a little bit i've listened to a couple episodes I am always blown away when I listen to a podcast in the indie podcast community that is so professional and so solid, and you guys really do a great job interviewing and discussing smaller artists, independent artists, discography, and how they approach music, and I think you guys are really good at it in a way that like a good interviewer remains quiet most of the time. And I think that you guys super duper duper nail that. Um, is there anything about your show that you want to tell the audience how to get a hold of you, that sort of thing? Oh, thanks. That was well, really nice. First, first and foremost, thank you. That's yeah. the nicest thing anyone ever said. About it. <laughs> yeah, it's good to have a real podcaster say that we're good at podcasting. <laughs> yeah. You guys are excellent. And it's your show is called Cassette Connection, which I don't think I mentioned. But yeah, you guys are super mm. you sound extremely professional, well produced, super polished. Like I really like you guys' show. So I'm uh, you're welcome for the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Miles. Mm. Um well I guess the thing is like uh for me it was it's about yeah giving space to people to um you know tell people about their music and like actually talk about it in a way that's more kind of 
about the music they make, why they make it, how they make it. Um, and it, it, for me, because I'm a musician as well, it's mainly like a space where, you know, I'm asking people questions that I kind of would want to be asked in, in that situation. Mm-hmm. And I take a lot of inspiration um, just in terms of how the podcast is produced from like bigger, like much bigger podcasts, obviously like um, Song Exploder is a big one. Yeah. And, you know, Song Exploder is a very specific format. They talk about a specific song, but, you know, you remove the the host basically completely um and just have the people talking about the song and and that kind of thing and then that gives it the direction um in terms of production um but if people want to listen yeah wherever you get podcasts i guess cassette connection it's a bit of alliteration yeah it's a bit fun um but uh, check it out yeah we have a website as well yeah very cool. Yeah, you guys, uh, you're on the same page as me. It, like, I feel like our show has some parallels just in that your show's like cassette connection and you're about music and stuff and mine's the disc dump and yep. <laughs> getting rid of the music. So we were like opposite sides of the same coin. I want to say thank you to the band The Jazz June for the use of our theme song Viva La Speed Metal off of the album The Medicine. Very, very, very good music. If you guys haven't checked them out, they're great. They are an emo rock band, but don't let that keep you down. It is, they're pretty solid. They, uh, they've helped me through some super hard times, a couple breakups, just trying to find out who I am in life. I really, really enjoy the Jazz June, and I was over the moon when they told me that they could, I could use their music. So thank you, the Jazz June. On a similar note, I want to also say thank you to uh, the Fat Rat for the use of the song Unity. You can find that fun, bouncy EDM music on youtube i think is his preferred method and we use that music to end every episode and bring us in and out of the ad zones if you want to get a hold of me you can email me discdumppod at gmail.com that's d-i-s-c-d-u-m-p-p-o-d at gmail.com don't forget that little pp in there it is important on twitter i'm at the discdump facebook everywhere if you just type in discdump podcast you're gonna find me so please do that for me rate review subscribe whatever whatever you guys get it so cassette connection what are you guys going to recommend to the audience well i think it's fitting being a music podcast that we recommend some music alex what do you think ah i was just going to tell people to be nice to one another but oh okay well you can do the motivational (laughs) nice you know thing yeah yeah. uh, i'll recommend some music Um, well, recommending, recommending. What am I going to recommend? I've been listening to a lot recently. The latest, um, there's a Korean indie rock band, um, which is kind of like a math rock band and they're called Katoba. Um, and they released a single recently called, um, Curry and it is quite good. I would recommend that everyone goes and listens to that. I'm sorry. What was the name of the band again? Kotoba, so it's spelled C-O-T-O-B-A. Kotoba. All right, cool. I had to put that American on there for me to understand it. Uh (laughs) (laughs) All righty, guys. Well, thank you so much for doing this episode with me. Thank you, Miles. Thanks, Miles. Audience, until next week, toodles.